and it is doable. It will be done. Take comfort that mothers everywhere have done it, are doing it now, would and will do it again. You are part of a larger web of miraculous, self-sacrificing, formidable creators from times past, present, and future that we call birth mothers. There is no reason for you to feel anything but conviction for your capability. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 107 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I've got a question for you. What unpopular childbirthing or child-rearing practice do you partake in? Home birth? Cloth diapering? Bed sharing? Oh, how dare you? (laughs) I find myself checking many of these boxes, and truth be told, these unpopular choices are actually gaining popularity. I am so excited for today's interview with Tori, who is a home birth mother of two and author of the new book, Ready to Unpop. She dives into the unpopular practices in her book and sheds light on the benefits and why mothers may choose to make those decisions. She'll be sharing her two birth stories with us and then explaining how this led her to writing this exciting and helpful new book. Now, before we jump in, would you take just a moment to head to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating for us? Maybe even a nice review? You're helping the podcast beyond measure when you do this. And I would love to thank Rachel Clare, who left this sweet review this week. I love listening to this podcast. Caitlin is a very skilled interviewer, and the guests always have interesting stories. As I look forward to my first birth in the spring, I've learned to loosen my expectations because there are so many versions of, quote, normal. There are so many examples of peaceful and special births which help to remove fear about my own delivery, and at the same time, hearing from women who have gone through difficult births shows me that if something like that happens, I too can have the strength to get through it. Thank you, Caitlin, for this amazing resource. Thank you, Rachel, for taking the time to leave such a sweet review, and I would love for you to reach out to me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com. I would be so happy to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And exciting news. Happy Home Birth has joined the Pinterest world, so if you are on Pinterest, come follow along. All right, my friends, let's waste no time and jump into this week's episode. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, your midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Tori, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Oh, Caitlin, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited to have you. I would love it if you'd start by introducing yourself to the listeners. Yeah, so my name is Tori Smith. I'm from Calgary. I have two kids. Um, I know we'll get into the more of the story, but um, the the basis is that I had a, an unplanned home birth for my first, but a great experience. Um, so good that I ended up planning my second as a home birth as well. Um, yeah, and I, um, besides being a mom, I I work with children with special needs. And I have pretty much my whole adult life. So that's a big part, part of who I am as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, 
the general bit about me. You in a nutshell. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, so I would love to hear this unplanned home birth story. So you, I believe you said you were planning a birth center birth. Is that correct? That's correct. So yeah, I kind of want to even back up a little bit further because um, when I first found out I was pregnant, I was interested in having either a home birth or a birth center. Uh, I just knew I wanted to have a midwife. I had a, a friend of mine like years before who kind of introduced me to that whole world and I knew that's what I wanted. But um, I, when I went to go talk with my family doctor, she said, there's no way you're going to be able to have a midwife because I have a pre-existing condition. I've been diagnosed with arthritis and it was very much under control, managed well with medication and lifestyle. And I, did, I, I didn't quite understand why that was going to hold me back from having a midwife, but I didn't really question her on it. I just thought, oh, that's really disappointing and I'm not going to be able to do that. And uh, I had a really great stroke of luck, I would say, um, because I got, I got referred to a, an OBGYN and he luckily told me, hey, if you want to have a midwife, like that's your choice and I'll, I'll gladly be your backup. And yeah, go ahead and apply uh, for midwifery and um, let me know like if you need me or if you don't. And that was wonderful. So that changed everything. Like that really changed for me, like, um, you know, the course of these experiences and, and they had a huge impact on my life. So uh, it's, it's funny how one little meeting can, can change the course of everything, right? Oh gosh, you're so right. <laughs> and I, I say that about my home births as well. Like it changed the trajectory of my motherhood, I feel like yes. in so many ways. Absolutely. That's amazing. And I, I'm, gosh, oh, I'm so glad that your OB <laughs> was like, oh yeah, no, you can, you can work with a midwife. That's okay. Because holy cow, that's, yeah. that's just crazy. <laughs> I know too often I hear almost the opposite. Like um, I, I hear a lot of people who've had bad experiences with, with OBs, unfortunately, um, especially in the sense of they just kind of tell you what they're going to do, what you have to do, that kind of thing. And, and like, not having a lot of choice and so that's why I do consider myself lucky there and so sure. yeah so I ended up applying and so I got a midwife I was 20 weeks so like exactly halfway through the pregnancy and um, yeah they were comfortable with my pre-existing condition and um, yeah so we ended up choosing the birth center over home that was the plan um, just because my partner and, and some people in my family just they felt really uneasy with the idea of home birth mm -hmm. and it's funny because it wasn't me like I was cool with it <laughs> but it was kind of everyone around me and I was trying to I was trying to like assert myself and what I wanted but I was also trying to make other people comfortable too and okay. I thought a birth, a birth center is it's basically the same thing as like a home you know, it's, it has that comfort feeling and it's, uh, it just, to me, it was like an, an okay compromise. And so that's what we planned and everyone was like, seemed okay with it. So I was like, okay, well, let's just do it that way then. 
And, Isn't uh, that yeah. so funny though? Because <laughs> you're right. It is so like a birth, I mean, an out of hospital, like a freestanding birth center and a home birth, they are virtually the same. Like the yeah. care that you're going to get is virtually the same, but for whatever reason, people are like, oh, if you go there, it's safer. <laughs> I know. I know. I actually, I did get a kind of a kick out of it because yeah, I thought, well, there's no difference, but I'm not really going to like say anything because no one else seems to be causing a fuss over it. So let's just let's just go with that and for whatever reason people feel more comfortable so that's okay yeah and it, it's funny so um so um when the time came around to like my labor was starting it was it was the night of the u.s election um trump and hillary and it, the mm -hmm. the election results were coming out and i was watching <laughs> yeah i was like watching the results and it was actually stressing me out and i was telling like a few friends, I was like chatting with them on online and I was like, this is going to put me into labor. Like <laughs> I was already five days past my due date. So I knew it was coming up soon too. But sure enough, I, I just said, I need to go to bed. I need to go lie down. It was about like 1130. And pretty much right when I lay down in bed, I just felt a little something starting like crampiness, you know, and I thought, oh, I wonder if this isn't like happening. So I do joke that Donald Trump put me into labor because <laughs> that's how it felt. It was like, okay, this is, this is stressing me out. Um, <laughs> just because it was, it was starting to look like he's actually going to win. You know, like I really, I think a lot of people felt the way I did, which is like, that will never happen, you know? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, but, so but sure enough. Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> what we were doing right before. And so, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I told my boyfriend, like, you better get to bed too, because, you know, this could turn into something. We need to get some rest. Like, let's just try to get some sleep. But things started moving real quick. Like, um, yeah, like he kind of came down to get to bed. You know, it must have only been about 20 minutes. Already by that time, I was, ha I was having to sit up through the contractions like I couldn't really lay down and just and and like really rest and I thought like oh like because I've heard in early labor that it should be kind of a time where you can almost sleep through it or or at least like rest between and so I was like wow it was kind of it was already starting to to feel pretty strong and after just a couple of hours maybe less my water broke and and then I was like, that's it. Like, turn the lights on. We're not sleeping. <laughs> like, I know something's happening now. And so I called everybody and I called, I had a doula who's going to be coming. So I let her know that I wanted her to come over and uh, my mom and my sister. And I just said, yeah, like, come on over. And so they showed up one by one and things were feeling intense for me like as far as labor goes the contractions were feeling strong but i just had it in my head that this was going to be like a long time because i think that's how people prepare you like my doula and my midwife they talked about um you know like it's a it's kind of like a sprint not a marathon 
or, or no, I'm saying it the wrong way, mm-hmm. the opposite way. Yeah, it's, it's more of a marathon, not a sprint. So you have right. to kind of, you know, like pace yourself and you have to kind of expect that it's going to, you know, go on for some time. I, I remember even saying to my doula, like, I think I want to go in the shower because I've heard the shower can be kind of a soothing place because the plan was, you know, we're going to eventually go to the birth center, but right now we're just, this is still early labor. So we're just going to like manage at home. And I remember her saying, um, you know, maybe you want to wait and use the shower for when it's, you know, things really pick up. And so I was thinking, okay, like, (laughs) I guess I just, I've got more time to go and I need to, you know, prepare myself for that. But it, it turns out that, you know, things were feeling intense because I was actually progressing really quickly. (laughs) And so we had also called the midwife and my contractions weren't quite the numbers that they want to see, like before they, you know, tell you to go to the hospital or to the birth center. But based on just my experience of how intense things were, my midwife said, okay, I I think I'll just come to your house and check on you and then we can decide when to go to the birth center. And so, again, this is another stroke of luck because, you know, she might have said, oh, just wait, give it another half hour, hour and call me back or something, you know, but she's like, she came over and she checked me and she's like, oh, like you're, you're nine centimeters dilated, like right now. (laughs) So this had only been like from my first contraction to, to now was like less than five hours. And yeah, and she just said, how would you feel about having the baby at home? Because I don't think we're going to be going anywhere. And everybody, like, I just remember everyone, like, looking at each other, like, silence and kind of shock, like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm good. Like, I, I don't want to go anywhere at this point. Like, right. the, thought, the thought of going down the stairs into my car, you know, like, no, thank you. And so she was like, okay, like, she's going to go get her stuff. And I'm, you know, everyone kind of started, like, turning our little bedroom into like a birthing suite and uh she asked my boyfriend like uh do you have any towels and it was so funny because we actually at the time ran a window cleaning business so we had like so many towels so I just remember him like (laughs) he's like yes we do and he like you know we got plenty (laughs) because I always hear stories of people they end up like wrecking their good bed sheets or they're good towels in, in this but we had so many like scrap towels and it was perfect actually and yeah and, and then she was trying to administer some antibiotics to me um it's supposed to you're supposed to get in your system like an hour before the the baby or like at least an hour but it was like it was getting to the point where I was feeling that urge to push and she was like mm-hmm. asking me like, can you wait? <laughs> like, <laughs> try, try to hold off. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's once you get to that point, it's just, it's going to happen right when it happens. And mm-hmm. in my experience, it was that it was my body just began to involuntarily push and it wasn't like an effort. It wasn't something I needed to be coached on. It was just, 
yeah, my body was just kind of doing it for me. And um, yeah, it was funny because usually there's a second midwife as well. And they had called her to come and she had just, she had like arrived at our apartment building, but she couldn't find the door because we had this kind of like, our door was off to the side and it, she, she could hear me from outside, but she couldn't like, find the door. So she, <laughs> no, yeah, so she wasn't there, but luckily, luckily I had one midwife there. So that, you know, it, I was comfortable. It made me feel really comfortable that I was in good hands and it was all good. It was okay. And oh, yes, funny. so baby came and um, it was great. Like, it was just great. Uh, it was just so nice, like being there in my home, like just the comfort of it. I just loved it and just kind of having everyone gathered around. And I've got this one great photograph from when it happened or like just after when everyone's kind of, you know, meeting the baby for the first time and, and just the sun was coming up. Like there's this beautiful, beautiful sunrise that morning too. It was just like a really mm. magical moment. And my doula like had the presence of mind to take this picture kind of from the doorway looking into the room. And it's just so nice. You see my midwife sitting there on the bed and my mom and my stepdad and my sister and uh, the new baby and like just everyone kind of gathered around, mm. everyone smiling. And I just thought, yeah, this is, this is so nice. This is such a nice way to have a baby. Yeah. So I'm curious <laughs> to hear like, okay, what did all of these people that were around you think since they were <laughs> the ones that were like, ah, I should, you should do the birth center. What was yeah. this experience like to them? Yeah. Well, I mean, they all think back on it in such a positive light as well. It was, it was a great experience for everyone. I think that first moment of like, like when my midwife said, like, how do you feel about having this baby at home? I think they were like a little bit freaked out, like my mom, for example. And, but, but after like seeing it all go through the way it did, I really think it changed everybody's comfort level. And when it came to my second one, I said, I'm planning a home birth and nobody like questioned me. Nobody said anything. <laughs> they were right. all like, yeah, like you are and that's good. And like, yeah, I think it just, uh, it opened their eyes a bit more to it. Like you, you can try to tell someone, you know, what it's like and that it's safe. And, and, you, and, and my mom, I remember my mom really being impressed with the midwife and how she handled everything. And that was a big part of it for, for my mom. She said, it just made her feel so much more comfortable because because you could just tell the midwife was prepared for like any scenario and she was just ready for anything and yeah she really made the experience great for everybody too so mm. yeah I think I think that changed their mind on it <laughs> quite a bit <laughs> that's amazing that's mm -hmm. it's really cool that you I mean it sounds like yeah it makes sense that you'd have your second at home because your first was <laughs> so quickly paced that you couldn't get there in the first place. So let's skip the middle, man. Let's just plan yeah. for it this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt too. It was like, there's no use like planning anything else. Let's just get everything ready here. And it got mm. me um, more interested in a water birth because yeah, before my son, he was born right there on my bed, like 
with all the towels underneath. <laughs> <laughs> with all the window towels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I've always heard of people talking about water birth, and that's actually what I wanted to have in the birth center. And so this time, or for, sorry, for the second time, it was, um, yeah, let's, let's get a birth pool. Let's, let's have everything we need and plan for that. So, yeah, do you want me well, to jump right that into go? the... Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, so for the second um, birth, yeah, that's just what we did. We, we just planned it right from the beginning to be at home got everything we need we had a we had rented a a birth pool like an inflatable one and I was really trying to prepare myself with this one because the first one had been so quick and everyone kept saying like my midwives they're like telling me they're expecting this to be a quick one a quick labor and you know my doula was saying the same thing and I I was trying to tell myself like don't don't expect anything you know because you don't want to sort of get it in your head and then what if it's the total opposite and you'll just be sort of like disappointed or it could be hard on you right when you think it's going to go fast and right it doesn't or if it doesn't progress and so it did kind of throw me for a loop it, it was a little bit longer still short compared to the average I think um but you know, the first time I started feeling contractions, I was just like on alert, you know, I'm like, when should I call? When should I call the doula? When should I call the midwife? Like, I, I was, I was all worried that it was just going to happen really fast, I think. And my poor doula, she had just been at a birth that was like, she was there for over 24 hours. Ooh. And this was the day before. And she had, she had let me know because she knew my due date was coming up. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm busy here, but, you know, text me if anything starts happening. And, yeah, she had only gone home and slept for five hours when I called her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I just said, oh, I'm just, I've got contractions. They're pretty regular. And if you don't mind, like, can you come over soon? I, I felt kind of bad, but, um, you know, that's the life of a doula, right? And the mm-hmm. midwives. Oh, like, for sure. <laughs> And sometimes it's kind of nice, like getting the, (laughs) it's probably like, I I feel like this happens a lot. All of the clients go right around the same time. And then you've got like a little break for a few weeks and then they all cluster again. (laughs) I've heard that. I've heard that always seems to happen. And you always hear the stories of the full moons too. I, I think a lot of midwives swear by that. It's like full moon is coming. All the babies are coming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I kind of, I got everyone there again it was my so my doula kind of came over it was trying to remember what time but it was it was kind of late into the night like it might have been one or two a.m and uh we my mom came over my brother came over and my son was sleeping like middle of the night so that was good because he was just you know out of our hair I guess (laughs) right no worries yeah, I just didn't have to worry about taking care of him at the moment. And when everyone came over, my we're timing the contractions, and they're just they started slowing down. If anything, just weren't regular. And again, I was sort of feeling bad, like, oh, did I call everyone too quick because I thought this was going to be quick? And I just thought, okay, let's just kind of 
get out of focusing on this for a little bit and I think my doula kind of suggested to like let's just stop timing them for a little while and just you know just move away from that so um, I said why don't we watch a movie and we put on the movie Titanic (laughs) and it was great because it's such a long movie right so it kind of we all had this little viewing party in the middle of the night and it's really weird because we found out after this is just like a weird side story is um my daughter's like the day she was born it was the same day that the titanic had set sail oh wow yeah (laughs) and we didn't like i just had picked that movie out of nowhere it just like popped into my head and then her due date which was like five days later that was the day the titanic sank so we're like what is with these days they keep matching that is crazy yeah i don't know if it means anything but it's just like a weird coincidence yeah very (laughs) so it was great the movie kind of you know it was a distraction and it was like a welcome distraction we kind of I kind of set myself up in the corner and it was like that there was it's some kind of magic that happens I swear sometimes when you just kind of stop focusing on it the contractions started picking up and they started you know getting stronger and yeah just progressing the way that it does where you know, um, it's a little, it gets a little bit harder to maybe talk through them. And so it was definitely going in the right direction. And, um, yeah, it was like, so by the time the movie was over, (laughs) we were like, uh, okay, like, yeah, we were timing them. They were regular. It was like, it was time to call the midwife for sure. And this one, it was a little different, like in the sense that my water didn't break early and so that was kind of the thing we were sort of waiting on and I was actually kind of trying to get that happening (laughs) we were trying we were doing like lunges up and down the stairs and just moving around and I thought I don't know if this is gonna happen (laughs) and uh we I did talk to the midwife about possibly having her break the the sack for me and she said yeah, we could do that possibly. She's like, why don't you try sitting on the toilet, like over the toilet, um, just for a little bit and just like really like bear down with the contractions and see if anything happens there. And sure enough, after just like a couple of those times, like everyone heard the the big splash and um, it just got like really, really intense right after that. Like just a lot less comfortable for me for sure um but at the same time I knew I knew it was good news that this was gonna like move things along and did it ever like that kind of set it off that was like the time to get in the pool and it really didn't take long after that it was um and it was just great it was nice my support system my midwife my doula like they they were just kind of standing to the side and just let it, they said, you know, just let your body tell you what it needs to do. And, you know, no one was right in there. It was, um, my, my, my son had woken up, so he was there and, Mm. and, uh, my partner, they were both like holding my hand. It was getting like real intense. And I, I loved having my son there. It was nice. I know some people are like, should I have the older sibling or not? But 
you know, it was great. And my doula was really helpful, um, helping him understand what I was going through. You know, she'd, cause he was only two and a half. So she was using language that he could understand. Like mommy's going to make like sounds like a lion, you know, and it's going to help her bring the baby out. And, and so he was, he did really well. He was just kind of there with me and, and the, like all of a sudden, like pretty much on the first push, like the head had come out and I like kind of announced to everyone, I'm like, the head's out. And everyone's like, what? Wow. <laughs> like it was just like, there wasn't much anything like as far as pushing going on before that. And then I, yeah, I just, I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I, do I push? They were like, Hey, wait for the contraction, the next contraction, you know, and then push with it. And I felt like that next contraction wasn't coming. And I don't know if it's just that you get antsy because you know, like you're almost there, but I was just like, I don't feel a contraction coming. So um, yeah, my midwife kind of just like gently kind of jumped in. She, she didn't actually jump into the pool, but <laughs> I came and just kind of like- Involved herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she um, just came along and like just kind of helped, um, you know, work with me pushing the rest out and and there she came like up out of the water mm-hmm. and um something kind of interesting with this one it was actually scary to be honest is that she wasn't breathing right away so she wasn't crying she wasn't anything she wasn't making any sounds and the midwives you know they picked up on it really quickly like she's not making noise and they were trying to, you know, they do what they do, kind of rubbing the back and all of that. And, and then they're like, we need to suction her. And so it actually took three whole minutes. Like it took three minutes um, before she took her first breath, which was kind of mm-hmm. crazy. And it was like, it was scary. And I know we were all on edge, but at the same time, I never really panicked because the midwives, you could tell they knew what they were doing. Right. And they have their equipment there. And I think it's just a good story I like to kind of tell people about that because even though we weren't in a hospital and there was this going on, it wasn't something that the midwives like couldn't handle. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that kind of what was going on with her was it's just she had too much fluid in her lungs. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was because I didn't spend a lot of time pushing because um, usually when women are pushing in birth, it actually helps to clear the airways for the baby, kind of like squeezes that fluid out. So that's something I learned. That was just like a, something I didn't know about until after that experience. And they said, yeah, you know, sometimes it's a small percentage of babies who need that resuscitation, but, um, but you know. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, that, so I actually, my daughter came out pretty quickly with pushing two of my second one. And mm-hmm. she, though she did breathe on her own, the next day we had a chiropractic visit and we could tell through the night that she was just like very gurgly, um, mm-hmm. still had a lot of like kind of gunky stuff and he adjusted her and all of a sudden she just like, bleh, like spit up uh, all of this fluid. And it was like, wow. well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, exactly. They've, I mean, they're living in fluid, right? Up until mm-hmm. 
that moment and yeah it's got to come out and um that's great that's great that he could help clear it or he or she your chiropractor so cool yeah yeah and (laughs) so the other thing I wanted to mention was um you know you're talking about the resuscitation and just the fact that the midwives are trained and you even though of course that's not like oh yay like my baby needs resuscitation that's not something anybody would ever think but Mm -hmm. the fact that you were in a place of like okay this is taken care of. These people understand what they're doing. And mm-hmm. it is important to note that most, I think it's 10%, 10% of babies will need some amount of resuscitative effort, you know, like whether mm-hmm. that's just a quick breath or something, mm-hmm. uh, what your baby experienced the, you know, three minutes that is, that is more intense than like, that's not going to happen to to people very often, but I love mm-hmm. that that did happen to you guys and you still were in a place of like, all right, this is okay though. They're working on it and they know what they're doing. And there wasn't just like this massive panic. Yes. Yeah. There was no feeling of panic for me, which is wonderful. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it is the kind of thing where I would go on to do another home birth, you know, if we, if we have a third. Right. So even, even after going through that experience. So I think, it's just important for people to keep that in mind because I think everyone's question or everyone's fear about home birth is, you know, what if something goes wrong? And yeah, sometimes things go a little bit wrong if you want to use that word. Right. But sideways. Yeah. But, (laughs) but it's not um, necessarily a life and death situation. It's not necessarily you know, needing medical attention or an ambulance, like not that kind of thing. It's just, and of course the midwives, you know, they try to, they try to mitigate like any risk ahead of time, but they're still going to be prepared for a number of scenarios in the moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It was a great experience. So that's amazing. And I, I just love both of your birth stories. And, you know, we were talking before and I feel like you have just, you've got some great insight on just the birthing experiences and um, just kind of what you've learned from, from your birthing experiences. So would you be willing to share with the listeners some of that, some of the kind of key takeaways you've, you've gotten from all of this? Yes, absolutely. And I should have mentioned in my introduction um, when you told me that uh, to introduce myself that I'm actually writing a book about um, all this stuff I call it the unpopular um, practices in birth and babies it's it's the home birth the midwives and cloth diapers and placenta encapsulation <laughs> like all that stuff where like when you say it people go like oh that's kind of weird you know <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to I'm writing a book to try to bridge that gap um, try to t- explain to people that these aren't crazy and it's not, you know, it's not just for hippies, so to speak. And, you know, that these are just options for everyone. And um, if you don't mind, I'll just read an excerpt from, like straight from my book please, um, that I'd love to share with everybody. So, uh, yeah, so it's about, yeah, like you were saying, just, um, just uh, if you're thinking about having a home birth and, and, uh, feeling nervous about it or whatnot. 
So I write, I really wish that home births or hospital births could guarantee positive experiences, but both home births and hospital births have the potential to yield a positive experience. It's much more dependent on the mother's ability and opportunity to, to birth without fear. Often when a mother enters into labor with the desire to seek drugs and anesthesia, it is a sign of avoidance, resistance, and distrust in her body's capabilities. That's the real task of birth. Realize there is no avoiding it. Know that allowing it is the way through it. And trust that your body not only can do this, but is designed to do this. If you choose to use medication, do so to support yourself in coping with what is a challenging but doable undertaking. And it is doable. It will be done. Take comfort that mothers everywhere have done it, are doing it now, would and will do it again. You are part of a larger web of miraculous, self-sacrificing, formidable creators from times past, present, and future that we call birth mothers. There is no reason for you to feel anything but conviction for your capability. Hmm. Yeah, I have chills. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. incredible. It's like one of the big messages I want to give everybody. You know, it's it's not to say that this is the right way for everybody, but it's just, it's just um, mainly just having that trust in your body and knowing that you can do it because so many people are kind of told that they can't or are given all these horror stories. And that's why I love your, your podcast really is not that you, not that you never have um, negative experiences shared and you, you do and that, and it does happen. But it really, really helps people to hear from other people who have done it and and would do it again and and that it was positive for them. It's it's really great and helpful. Oh well thank you. And and I agree and I'm so appreciative of this book as well because I think I mean you just hit on such a massive point. It's all about this this self-empowerment and this ability to understand that wherever I do this, however I choose to do it, like provided that it is my choice and that I'm the one making it, you yes. know, that's, that's the important aspect. That's the key to everything. That's the key to success. That's to keep the key to not having a traumatic experience, even when something goes wrong or sideways or, you know, when something happens that we're not expecting is that coming from that position of, of power and well, this is, this is my experience and I'm taking control of it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Mm. Whoa, this was so wonderful. Can you say the name of your book one more time for everybody and let us know, is it out or is it coming out? So it's coming out. So the name is ready to unpop. It's kind of a play on when people say she's ready to pop you know <laughs> but it's it's uh it's about the it's un unpopular <laughs> yeah the <laughs> unpopular practices in maternity all that stuff when people say you're so brave or you're so crazy for wanting to do that uh, <laughs> and uh it's it's coming out soon um probably in the next couple of months so it's just in the editing phase right now and we'll be awesome. sending it off for printing soon. So keep your eyes out for that. Great. I, and Tori, I would love for you to give everybody, if you've got any social media where they can follow along and learn more from you and then keep up with your book, I'd love for you to, to share that with us. 
Oh, thank you so much. Yes. So I have a Facebook page. It's just uh, ready to unpop. Uh, it should be easy to find. Um, the Instagram handle is um, ready to unpop with um, underscores between okay. the two words, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. <laughs> or the three words. And, uh, and then I also have a blog, ready to unpop.com. And okay. everything from my blog is taken straight from the book. So it can really give you a good idea of the kind of stuff that I write about. Awesome. That is amazing. Thank you so much for creating that resource. This is going to be huge and I'm so excited for it. And also thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your own experiences with us. It was such a pleasure to hear your stories and to hear what you're working on. Oh, Caitlin, thank you. I, this has been so great and I really enjoyed it. What a fantastic interview. As we head into today's episode roundup, I have three little thoughts for you. The first one is just a little reminder that freestanding birth centers and home births are incredibly similar. The main difference is who gets in the car. The second thing is this episode is another amazing example of how things don't have to go perfectly and there is still safety and amazing outcomes. Although Tori's baby took several minutes to come around, the midwifery team was ready and trained on exactly how to proceed. And finally, make sure that you go check Tori out on all of her social media platforms and be ready for her new book, Ready to Unpop. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget to head over to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash waitlist so that you are on the waitlist when Happy Homebirth Academy launches, which is going to be super duper soon. All right, my friends, I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.